Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Plenty of football discussion to get to. We welcome you into hour number two, just like that. Here we are. like that. We're going to make the afternoon go by fast for you from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Nick Saban is hopeful that Bryce Young will play on Saturday for the Crimson Tide in Knoxville. Uh, we'll hit some other college headlines coming up later in the show. Uh, NFL-wise, the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, they support Devontae Adams uh, publicly after the postgame photog shove. However, um, I was reading through some headlines during the break. It is expected that the league will have some sort of discipline. We don't know exactly what that means. They're Cash looking money. into it today. And um, Draymond Green, he is uh, he's coming back to the Warriors just like that. Uh, Steve Kerr, you know, who said that this was uh, such a you know massive issue for his team, and you know it's very troubling and seismic. I forgot the word he used. Um, yeah, but Draymond Green's all of a sudden going to be available right as the season's about to so get going. So what did he miss exactly? A preseason game and practices. Yeah, he's only, back to only practice a fun. And he's coming what back. He's, get. he's been fined inter- internally, and he's coming back for the final preseason game. I, I, here's my biggest issue with all of this. It's not necessarily that the league isn't doing anything to him. It's that this Warriors team is just seemingly okay with him coming back. Well, the, we're going to find out. There's clearly out. some yeah. cracks in the facade leading up to this with him and Jordan Poole and some other guys. Yeah. And the way that Steph Curry came to Poole's defense, and Steph Curry, who's never outspoken about anything, saying it's total BS, whatever reports out there, that it was Jordan Poole's attitude that caused this. I think we see how that, they that's play. That's him saying this is all on Draymond Green. In their first three or four games as to whether the culture and the chemistry has been damaged by this. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff out there from a lot of players not connected to this, suggesting that, that uh, you know, there, there's been a good share of people talking about how stuff like this happens. But there's also been a good share of people talking about how a locker room doesn't survive this uh, well, and, and that stuff's going to go down. I mean, Kerr hasn't – he's saying one thing, but – and he's not the end-all, be-all decision maker. I mean, he is, but, I mean, he's also going to lean on the team. You know, for, based, on the, based on the comments, I don't think it's just some um, independent decision here. And it, here's what he said. This is the biggest crisis that we've had since I've been the coach here. It's really serious stuff. We're not perfect, but we're going to lean on the experience that we have together and trust that this is the best decision for our team. We have a lot of work to do, all of us. And then he goes on to say, there's no way around it. Our culture has been damaged by this incident. You have to work to repair that. He broke our trust. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I think he's earned that. And well, it Sounds like short leash at well, the very least. But if... Normally, a, uh, uh, no way around it. Our culture has been damaged. You ship that guy out. You it's, don't allow him back in. This the video leaked last Friday. Or the consequences and we're sitting here are on more the following serious. Wednesday. 
And he's already saying, yeah, he's coming back and he's been fine and we're going to move forward. This is So that's exactly my first thought when we talked about the story initially was I'm not going to be shocked if Draymond Green suddenly on the trade, trade block after this because of what that does to a team that's defending champions. Now, granted, Draymond Green is a multiple ring holder yes. with the Warriors. One of so the original he's, group He's been core. a part of it. Yeah. He's the original core. But when it goes that south and it corresponds with failing offensive numbers for Draymond Green, I get that he's a jack-of-all-trades and does a lot of different things for them and does a lot of the dirty work. Uh, that, that's, that's an issue. That's going to be an issue for this team. I don't think they get over it that quickly. It's also fascinating to me that Steve Kerr, a guy who was punched by Michael Jordan, and before this, the most high-profile practice fight in the history of the NBA that we still talk about to this day, that everyone wanted to watch the episode of Last Dance when they finally got and addressed the fight, and they both talked about it on camera for the first time ever. It's Steve Kerr as head coach that is okay with a simple fine for Draymond Green after all this. It's a weird situation. It, it is. Uh, uh, it, it makes me interested in how they do in the first 10 days, which I'm not previously particularly interested in. Let me also get to this. I was listening to an, on our Nashville radio affiliate station, 94.9 The Fan, had Colin Cowherd on before us, and I was in the car listening to some of, of what he was saying, and he kind of got into the what a lot of people say is, don't compare – Paul, get that fly off your head right now. If you smacked it right there, you would have killed that thing. We'd have been done with it. It was sitting perfectly on your head. Um, but what a lot of people go to, we will too. Hey, don't put your workplace politics into a locker room or a practice floor or a practice field or a clubhouse because your job is not their job. And I get that. Like you don't, I, do, I don't agree with people who are saying, call the cops, you know, get him arrested for this. No, you don't do that. But it needs to be dealt with with more than a fine uh, with a team when it's something like that. And Cowherd was going into this. I've talked to a lot of people around the league. This is way more common than you think. I'm calling BS on that. Are fights in practice common? Shoving matches? Guys in each other's face screaming obscenities at each other? Is that common? Sure. That's going to happen in, in practice. Dudes knocking guys out and buckling their knees with a, a, a first punch? That's not common. There's a reason we talk about Jordan and Kerr. Michael Jordan, the most competitive dude of all time, isn't knocking guys out randomly in practice. He did it once. Well, and we talk about it still to this day. But it, here's, here's the next layer to it. it. Even though some would say it happens, my response would be, okay, let's say video surfaces of this on a Friday. The following Friday is the dude that threw the punch playing in a preseason game. Seven days later. You would not think so. Uh, you shouldn't. That's, that's the intrigue to me. It's not that they're allowing him back. It's how quickly. And it, it's got to come with Jordan Poole's blessing. Okay, so that's, that's number one. But even so, there's still a damage to the culture that Kerr's referring to that, I mean, to their credit, they've always had. Yeah. You know? That, that's, to me, the intrigue with it is how quickly they made the decision and whether, to what Paul, you're saying, like, are there elements of this that we're going to see moving forward because now everyone's going to be looking for it well you could go to pool as Kerr and management and say for the good of the team we need you to kind of swallow this and and you know shake hands and put it behind you and that that's fine and maybe pool's a big enough guy to do that so but quote, what's the consequence to green 
Yeah, just money. Right, I just guess. Just money, I, and, and, I, and that doesn't seem. They sufficient. had a, a number of meetings, closed door meetings between Poole, Kerr, and the front office. They also met with Steph Curry. Kerr said that. How many meetings did they have a Green? Is what I want to know. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they, at first they had to get the blessing of the guys that were remaining. You know, everyone else saying like, "Hey, what do we do here?" And the quote from Kerr is. Poole said he's, quote, willing to move forward and willing to get back up, up, out there on the floor with Draymond and go to work. I mean, this seems a little bit backwards that, <laughs> that they're doing so much yeah. talking to Poole and we're hearing all about these conversations with Poole. We're not hearing so much about the conversations with Green. Man, you Green's put, you the put problem. Jordan, you put Jordan Poole in an awkward spot, though. Yes. With that, and I, I'm sympathetic to that. The guy's be, trying to be the best teammate he can be. He's pissed. Of course. Everyone in America has now seen him get laid out on a security cam footage and getting knocked out in practice by Draymond Green. It's embarrassing. Uh, it's uh, emasculating to him. Well, He's not expecting to get punched. They've probably talked trash a bunch, probably shoved each other. He shoves him out of his face when he gets nose-to-nose with him. He's not expecting to get his, his face cracked. By Draymond Green, everyone sees it, and now you've got the owner and the head coach coming in and saying, "All right, Jordan, what do you want to do?" Yeah, now the optics make it seem well, like it was on him. And but then if Jordan Poole comes back, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I say, I want him to GTFO. Yeah, I don't want to work Cut with him. this guy. Cut him. Okay, we'll just know that he's a vital part of our team right. and our culture. And if we do that, we're probably not going to be able to replace his production. That's a terrible spot for Jordan Poole to be in. Yeah, that decision should be made decision. over Jordan I mean, Poole's head. Absolutely. The, the best possible outcome now for me, optically, is to have a joint press conference with both of them. It, well, it, it, the best well, thing well, optically, no, optically I, I, is I you trade you, him for somebody that's his equal, no, but I don't know no, who I don't, that is. I don't, don't no want to do that if I'm Poole. There's no, but Poole, Kerr is speaking for, for Jordan Poole. Yeah. I want to hear from him. I agree. Kerr is saying Jordan played a key part in determining the penalty. Put them both together then. Dude's allowed back in the facility a week later. He's playing with your, for your team a week later in the preseason. Speak in a joint presser. I think we it, see it I think all it the time puts, with LeBron and his teammates there at the table. Yeah, but I think it puts – I understand what you're saying, and I'm curious too, but I think it, it could put Poole in an even worse situation. Now, now we're, we've coaxed you into well, he's gonna be having him back. Some, at some point. Yeah, but now in a formal setting, side by side with him, we want you to give, give a blessing – no, Where, I, I'm reading into what Kerr's saying. Kerr's saying that he played such a big part in the penalty, he should have no problem sitting there and doing this. That's how I'm reading into it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it's it, fibbing. I, I'm with or, you. If they, could, or, if they could convince him to do that, that's the best thing for the Warriors. And if it was pulled off properly... Yeah. It would make them look a lot better. But if he says, that's where I draw the line... Hey, it's also very uncomfortable to think about, hey, did you push for a bigger fine and they settled on something? What did you initially say in terms of the amount of money you wanted to take out of his pocket. This is it's also, just a weird thing for another player to be talking about. He's in a bad spot where all he did was probably talk some trash. If uh, if Poole is if, if this is exactly how it went, out, that, this is very cool of Jordan Poole. Like I earned a ton. He earned a ton of my respect with the way he's handled this. If that's how this is going down, and he was totally fine with a fine, and that's it. And a week later, he's back in the locker room. He's back practicing. And the biggest question in all of this from the Warriors' perspective is how the video get to TMZ? Well, I That's would all say, they're really caring about. I would say it's very cool of him, but he comes away with it with some hand here. Yeah, no, no right. doubt about that. Also, I mean, yeah. it, it, is, it is cool of him and very big of him to do that. This is an instance where I would not have been – I would not have felt bad about Jordan Poole if he did say, I want him out. 
I want you to cut him. It's him or me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have blamed him. Or in somewhere moment, like frankly, I, I need him in, to be my personal valet for a month. Jordan Poole is a bigger part of the Warriors' operation and what they're going to do offensively this year than Draymond Green. He's got hand in that department as well. All right. And if he said him or me, and if you make the I, decision to keep the guy that punched me in the face, God be with you in terms of how that's going to look if I'm the one who gets traded I, away I now. don't, I don't disagree I with talk. that what, and the, meet, the impact for Jordan Poole on the roster. But it is very cool that he handled the way he did. I, I, I agree it, with you it, on that, Hunter. If that's how it went down. but if I wouldn't have if, blamed him for handling it the way I said. So. Steve Kerr and the organization is also telling us how important Draymond Green is to that organization. Absolutely. Because he's not... He's not well, they he's, want the status quo. He's not missing a game. There's no... There's, you know, I'm thinking... When I see this, I'm thinking, well, he's back by, you know... November back by I'm just trying to go through all the weeks here yeah, the games two weeks maybe and uh, you know, I was someone on uh, someone covered the NBA said maybe he's back by Christmas Day I'm like it's not going to be that, it's not going to be that long he, he won't be on the roster by then if that's true but to be available for opening and they even want him in the preseason roster maybe that's punishment he has to play in the preseason I mean we may look back in June and there's no big issue and they're right back in the finals and everything's that, fine and we look maybe. back and say man remember before the season when Draymond Green punched yeah. Jordan Poole, and they just Maybe. got over it. And if so, great for them, great for all parties involved. They've moved past it. But I think we're going to be looking back at some point this season, and we're going to see everything as a BP and AP, before punch and after punch. Because there's not a lot of coming back from that with their relationship. And if there's anything that cracks up this dynasty yeah. for the Warriors, this second iteration well, of their dynasty that they've gone into now, we're going to look at things from... BP and AP. If it turns out, after. if it turns out to be nothing, and they're having another parade, these these dudes are shadow boxing uh, at the parade. No, I mean, great for them. They got past it way better than than most would. What did uh, what did uh, what was the offer for Draymond to go box for the MVP promotion? I don't remember. With uh, Jake Paul, I think he, like he openly just said like, "Hey, man, uh, you you that's a mean right." $10 million or something just to show up and fight someone. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Dre, H- hey, pass. and I'll, I will also say, like, in the past, we've seen these little scuffles on the court, and we come in the next day, we're like, these guys don't want to fight. Draymond Green, <laughs> he's, he wants to fight. Draymond, Draymond Green is, <laughs> is, likes to fight guy, right? He's yeah. looking, he's looking yeah. for the fight. Some the of those little scuffles, though, leave leave bad blood and stuff that never gets sorted oh, out. Yeah. And this is much oh, oh, bigger. But he's, he's but got I, a ton of bad blood with other players there, across there the league, but be, he's, he's there, right. Draymond Green. Right? But he talked about those little, those little scuffles, Paul. I think there had to be a thousand of those little scuffles to that led to, that. to this. To this. Yeah. That, that they were already on the edge before all this. And if you watch it, we can't hear anything being said. But there's a drill going on. Jordan Poole finishes drill and kind of steps off the court on the baseline, and you could see they're mouthing something back and forth to each other, and then Draymond Green just starts walking over to him to the baseline while he's out on the court for a drill, and that's where it all – but I'm thinking, how many times has this happened between those two? Countless, probably. Well, it goes – we were asking the question when when the video surfaced on Friday – what is it from the league's view? What, what can they do versus what does the team do? This is clearly just like the NFL when it comes team to practice. Practice is on the individual in team. And you, you know, same thing for Aaron. Aaron Donald was just fine, right? Nothing, nothing else. Nope. Just an internal fine. And we never really know what that is. So 
Can you imagine if the, uh, the amount of the fine gets out for Draymond? I'd love to find that out. Coming up, let's uh, switch gears. We'll talk NFL. Uh, the good, the bad, and the extreme ugly of the National Football League. We're telling a couple teams, maybe we all have the same team, to GTFO. Uh, we will also look at great performances in a rookie class that has been phenomenal through five weeks for one individual team. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. Sounds a bit like the Breaking Bad theme. Is this I, the that's Bad what theme? I thought it was. The background little... That's very Breaking Bad-ish. Yeah. I like it. Six of Peabody, our this location. This is actually uh, Colin Warner's own composition. Yeah. He created this jam last night at his house. The Albir Old Smoky Moonshine. I like it. Good vibe to it. Um, I'm not liking the uh, Denver Broncos. I know you guys don't either. We're, we're telling teams every week, one per week to GTFO from our mind for playoff contention. Um, I will say as I get to my list, I may, I may have made two huge mistakes early <laughs> on with this. Um, you made a big mistake here. So maybe, maybe we implement a rule later down the line. Maybe it's like at the midway point where we can pick one team from our list and put them back in. I don't know. Uh, but... I have eliminated the Raiders. They started 0-3. I don't think they're climbing out of that hole and making the playoffs. I took out the Jets. I'm feeling bad about that now. The Broncos are added this week. I've made that obvious. And the, the Texans, to me, are a no-brainer. Uh, the Panthers, as well. Matt Rule's not even there anymore. They're down to P.J. Walker. I, I feel fine with this, but... Steve Wilkes not leading a turnaround for the Panthers? The, uh, yeah, uh, not, not with the quarterback situation. Just the juice they needed? But my list in order here, uh, which is much easier to follow, um, I, I would say, there we go. The Broncos, no-brainer this week for me. Um, and I feel bad about the Jets, and I hesitate a bit on the Raiders. I still feel fine, though, because they lost by one to Kansas City. They're, they're not going to be bad in the second half of the season. I think they're going to ruin some hopes and dreams of other fan bases based on who they'll be playing. I just think their hole's too deep to climb out of. The, the Jets, though, are a lot like the Titans, where they're winning games, and I, I, I used that against them when I put them on this list, Paul, because I said it took a miraculous comeback that we haven't seen with two minutes to go down you know, multiple possessions to win on the road in Cleveland. It was more about Cleveland to me, the Jets. I should have been looking the other way. And now they've got Zach Wilson back. Well, they've got a rookie class that has been phenomenal. And their production, they can run the football. There's an identity there. Defensively, they're getting takeaways. That's, that's a winning formula. Again, a lot like the Titans. I really still feel like the biggest reason to have any regrets about putting the Jets on this list is what's happening to the Dolphins. Uh, because I don't see that division being three deep in the playoffs. And if the Dolphins find their footing yeah. again, Tua's due to play again this weekend. If he's fine going forward and they are what they looked like early, I think you'll be safe. But there are worse teams than the Jets that you could have on this list. And I, again, I, I put them on week two. It's a, <laughs> it's a, 
It was a, a, pre- it's a premature uh, roll of the dice for me with Joe Flacco at quarterback. That's at the, the time. fun of the game. Yeah. There's ups and downs. We're, we're going to look a fool at times. Boys, on this day in 1975, this is from James Andrew Miller, who wrote the book on Saturday Night Live. Chevy Chase, right before the show started, turned to a producer and said, and I quote, I wonder what I'm going to do next when the first show aired. Um, tie this I tie that in because this is what these teams are now saying to the people next to them in their locker. I wonder what I'm going to do next because one thing I will not be doing this year is playing playoff football. My elimination picks are as follows. So far, I've gone with the Texans. Love that. They're terrible. Uh, I went with the Washington Commanders. Love that. They're terrible. Carson Wentz does not have it. The Panthers, they don't have a quarterback. They no longer have their head coach. Loving that pick as well. Went with the Colts. I'm going to get to them shortly because my latest elimination pick is the Denver Broncos. Why? They have the worst head coach in the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett is showing himself to be a one-and-done. Russell Wilson just may not be any good anymore. He had a great run. He's a great quarterback. His stats don't lie. His wins in Seattle don't lie. Not getting a lot of wins in Denver. They look awful. I feel good about the Broncos being my latest pick. But the Colts, it's at the expense of my Colts pick. Because the Colts boys looked dead and buried. Even in the worst offensive game we've seen in years in primetime. The Broncos should have won that game at home. That would have eliminated the Colts and made me feel a lot better about my Colts pick from a, a couple weeks ago. But instead, Colts find a way to get it done. Colts are 2-0 and against that great AFC West that we all thought was going to be great going into the season. They beat the Chiefs. They go on the road to Denver and beat the Broncos. I'm feeling shaky about the Colts right now. I, I still feel okay about them eliminated from playoff contention, but that was a huge win for them. Regardless of how it happened and what we all witnessed, going to Denver and winning in overtime is big for the Colts' playoff chances. So I feel great about the Broncos now because of that loss to the Colts, but on the flip side, I now feel a little bit worse about a previous elimination pick with the Colts. Slightly premature, but you're going to be just fine. I think I will in the end. That, that list is pretty solid, top to bottom, of who's been eliminated, but the Colts are hanging around right They're, now. There's going to be a bad team from the AFC South that makes the playoffs. Even the division winner could be bad. Just, I think just a division winner, though. Yeah, but uh, the Colts can win well, the it's, division. It's why yeah, they could. Uh, it's why I give the slight nod to the Titans now because they went to Indy and won. So not only they didn't just hold serve, they won on the road. They're going to beat them next week. They're a week also. away from really burying the Colts and being the front. There, there are the some holes, though, Paul, as you get to yours oh. with the Titans. Oh yeah. I mean. I just, I just, this, I mean, we talked about it before the first matchup. The yeah. the Vrabel versus Reich thing to me um, is this big separator. Not, not not that the Titans don't have problems. No, I, I no, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's just the 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 tie to Houston and the fact that they to chat what Chad say. I said last week this is going to be a win that's going to help them when they have no business being two two and one. If you're a fan of another AFC South team, you should have been miserable Thursday night. Yeah. Because that would, I mean, that, that was really going to be bad for the Colts. See, I, to have I look lost at them game. offensively, and I think they can only improve. They've been so bad. I look at the Titans' offense, and I think I don't see improvement coming. Well, Derrick Henry will go from 100 a game to 150 a game is what they're hoping for. But, yeah, uh, passing game-wise, going to be 
difficult, difficult. So difficult. you're not going Broncos this week. I'm not and going it's Broncos because this year we because I, I, we talked about the unanimity last week, and I thought it would be less fun. And I also saw another team that I think absolutely stinks, and so okay. I went with that team. So previously I'd gone here with the Texans, a popular pick. Uh, the Panthers, a popular pick. The Commanders, a popular pick, who I got to see for myself. So there's three. The Bears, who I don't understand why they're not on your other lists. And I don't have regrets about any of those teams, quite frankly. And I've added the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are not uh, stopping the run, um, who are not getting productive play out of their rookie uh, quarterback, and who I can't see getting ahead of – Quite frankly, any of the other three teams in their division, including Cleveland, who uh, doesn't have a quarterback answer, but certainly not Cincinnati and Baltimore. I just find them to be a lifeless uh, team that just got beat by uh, you know practically a, a record amount of points. I think they're terrible. Did you mention their upcoming schedule? Uh, I didn't mention their upcoming oh. schedule, but it seems that you're going to present it to me in a moment and make it even a better yeah, pick I mean, for me. I, I'm, I'm with you so on So I have no regrets as compared to you guys. I don't so, think the Panthers, Commanders, Texans, or Bears have any chance at resurrection, and I'm adding the Steelers very comfortably there, and Hutton's going to give me some support. Well, these are the defenses that the now rookie uh, quarterback who's playing. This fly. I, I, it's really bothering me. Um, the Bucks defense. Dolphins defense, uh, Eagles defense, Saints defense. Then they get the Bengals. Then they're playing the Colts. Yeah. Uh, after that, I mean, the, the next four games they are issues. A gauntlet. And their own defense is not anything like a Steelers defense. You typically think, well, the Steelers, even if they're bad on offense, they're, they're going to keep themselves in games because they're a good defense. Yeah. This is not a good defense. Paul, yeah. there's one thing that jumps out to me about your list, and I like it, just compared to mine and Hutton. I believe both Hutton and I are more AFC heavy. It's 3-2 to two, AFC to NFC on our list. You've got the flip, 3 NFC, 2 AFC. One thing I will say is we've thought this throughout – the NFC is worse than the AFC. Yeah, there's more room. So there's more room for a bad team to get that seven seed in the NFC. For that reason, I like ours being more AFC heavy with teams we've because eliminated already. Because you see the Panthers, Commanders, or Bears finding their way to one of those playoff spots no, possibly. in the NFC. But look, I'm, I'm, the Bears, I mean... It, we've I, eliminated... I will uh, spoil my next week Carolina elimination. Carolina Washington with if, you. If the Bears lose the Commanders who already have on this list, then they're going to be my pick next week. <laughs> They're, it's going to be very – there are two teams in NFC North, by the way, that I've got pegged for possible elimination very soon based on upcoming results. Hey, and listen, you can guess I the other know one. we're in agreement about this because after the Denver-Indianapolis uh, talk last week, uh, this game can't be that bad, I, knock on wood, but Commanders-Bears is going to be awful. They're bad football teams with bad quarterbacks, one of whom just had to have his coach – yeah. apologize to him for admitting that the inconsistency at quarterback has been an issue for them. Uh, uh, Chad, are I mean, you willing to I – don't, I don't know what the spread is. It can't be that much here. Um, I was going to say double the spread, but it's not even worthy of doubling. On which team? No, I'm setting you up here. Ball on the tee for you. Okay. Uh, after Carson Wentz's comments – are we are we taking Justin Fields and and the and the Bears based on the the uh, the beta response from Carson Wentz? 
What do we have? I mean, if, if the there's ever a chance for two teams, both of them to lose so for one the first point. time in NFL history, no, a tie. we may have it in that game, How which that, that would definitely feel like a the, loss. The Bears are favored by a point. So if we double Bears it, I mean. being favored is, yeah, wow. <laughs> These are not the traditional so, Hutton doubling the 12-point so spread. give the spread. synopsis of what, what you I'm heard hearing from here is, though, Vegas believes that my Bears <laughs> will still be in playoff contention another week <laughs> yeah. after beating the Commanders. But if the Commanders win, the Bears go to my list. Carson Wentz, bet is where we'll do this. Carson Wentz drives me crazy with his entire demeanor. And here is the latest example. We talked about it yesterday. Ron Rivera comes out. He's asked, what's the difference between your team and the rest of the NFC East. And he gives a wor- one-word response that is quarterback. Well, people, oh, wow. He, you know, This is Ron Rivera actually saying something, being honest, because no one really disagreed with him. Quarterback's an issue for the commanders. That quarterback is Carson Wentz. Well, Ron Rivera went and spoke to the team and said, hey, I said something today that a lot of people are going to misconstrue, misinterpret the media. I want to explain it to you first, talk to the whole team. And then came back and met with the media and said, look, I had a bad day yesterday. Yesterday was a bad day whatever, we're going to move forward and, and this and that. And apologize to Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz is asked about it. And he gives this same look in his eye that he had a year ago after I'm watching Hard Knocks and they lose to the Jags. Which is just this, oh, shucks, golly, yeah, coach came in and talked to me and we're fine. You know, he apologized for it and I'm just very confident and everything's okay and there's, there's no issue at all. And I'm watching this thinking, I really wish Carson Wentz would stand up there and say, hey, let me back my head coach here and say this. He's right. I need to be better. Quarterback position has been a problem, and I'm going to work to improve on that. Instead, it's a, hey, I accept coach's apology for being so honest about my poor play so far this year. And we're fine, and everything's going to be all right. I mean, come on. Come on. I'm with you. I just That is a guy not to believe in. If you're looking for a quarterback that is not a leader of men, it's that guy. I'm not, I'm not going into any battles behind Carson Rivera's Wentz. the opposite. I really like Ron Rivera. Um, he doesn't need to apologize for that. No. He's, that's, that's an honest, honest response. Um, he, in, that, in that moment, he also said that the media relations director immediately called Carson Wentz to alert Warned him. him. Yeah. Um, and, and that Rivera didn't. I mean, it meant so little at the time to Rivera. He didn't pick up the phone and call him immediately. He waited till the next morning. I really like Ron Rivera, too, but his inability to build this team into, into something, and I understand it's not all him, oh, but no it's doubt. been incredibly disappointing. Oh, one thing we glossed over. He shouldn't over, have apologized, though. I, I see no reason to apologize. One yeah. thing we glossed over, though, uh, and I just want to hit it briefly, the fact that Brian Robinson played last week is remarkable yeah. to me. Yeah, really uh, outstanding. He and Derek uh, Henry had a nice exchange. I think Derek uh, Jersey exchange um, after the game. Two Alabama running backs. How many and, times uh, did he get shot? I know it was twice, multiple. Twice two in times. his leg. I'm watching every hit in that game and thinking, this guy got shot twice in the lower body and is now taking hits in an NFL game. And what was My a, big a defensive carjacking lineman. attempt, right? Like yeah. It was, yep. it just, I mean – when you see it was that, broad daylight. I think they had already uh, made the move with. Yeah, it was. It was. They had already made the move with Antonio Gibson, the kick returner. He was the primary back, and it was known like week one of camp that that was going to happen. And then the the shooting happens, and you're thinking, man, the, for every his background. If you don't know his backstory with Bama, please go read it. I mean, it's remarkable the everything he did to play and wait his turn and uh, the the behind the scenes stories, and then for that to happen to him. And then to be back by week five, 
again, props to Rob. The whole story's remarkable, and, and I, I wish him nothing but success. He could help Wentz because he's more of a guy that'll take yeah. handoffs. McKissick, and uh, they, they're more receiving backs, yes. and that doesn't help Wentz in terms of not having a legitimate running game. Maybe Robinson can give him that. Uh, NFL Awards Watch, available at outkick.com, my weekly Wednesday column available at the site. And um, I think we know that we have an MVP showdown, for those that don't know. If you haven't heard, you're going to see tons of highlights from last year's playoff matchup between Mahomes and Josh Allen because that's what we're getting on Sunday afternoon. Late afternoon kickoff. Majority of the country will be watching this as uh, Kansas City again hosts Buffalo. And I put that in the middle of the the column. I want you guys to kind of tell me where I'm wrong here because or where you disagree the most. Right now, I have the two leaders of uh, the defensive rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year from the same team. And I think there's a high probability it could happen. It's not unlike we, we saw it happen with the saints in 2017. And I have Brees Hall right now as my top rookie in the league ahead of Chris Olave, which I know is kind of a no brainer vote right now. Olave, he's in concussion protocol. Uh, Drake London has been good, but not great over the last two weeks. Meanwhile, You've got Brees Hall, who is kind of the heartbeat of their offense. He's breaking, and not just running, he's running very effectively, but he had a 79-yard catch and run where he got all the way down to the one-yard two, two line uh, against Miami. Should He, he said, I, I should be more physical. He was bulldozing people on the run, and he's already known as the beast. That's what they're calling him in the locker room. I love what the what they've done with him from from Iowa State now implementing and he's jumped right in and he's a force. Meanwhile, defensively, Sauce Gardner is awesome. 6'3, 200 pounds, not known for his speed, but he's got this chip on his shoulder where he's facing these top wide receivers. He was asked all week about Tyreek Hill, and he's like, Look, I've I've faced fast receivers. I haven't faced Tyreek speed. I'm looking forward to the matchup. And while he's not primarily on the top receiver every week, they don't, they don't have the, the guy who is going to follow or shadow a, a typical receiver. Gardner uh, has his uh, first interception of the season in the second quarter. That was after he's brought on a corner blitz, and uh, it, it results in a safety, knocks Teddy Bridgewater out of the game. He's had great coverage in previous games, and quarterbacks and offensive coordinators are not throwing to his side. That's great respect for the number four overall pick. Um, I, I think the Jets have hit a home run. And I haven't even mentioned Garrett Wilson, who's also productive within the Jets' offense. Yeah, we, we knew right when they, the day after the draft, we're thinking, man, the Jets look like they've done a great job. Said the same about the Lions also in their draft efforts this year. Uh, I love the Brees Hall pick for Rookie of the Year because I think he's just now starting to be a dominant player within that offense and who they want to get the ball to. So we're just now starting to see him get more of the workload. Um, I, I like that pick a lot. His uh, his kind of touch distribution has been changed a little bit. These last two games, yes. 17 carries, 18 carries, and only two catches. And before that, you know, it was 6-6, six and 7-1, six, and 8-6. and six. They weren't giving him the ball as much. I don't know what that says about Michael Carter and what his status is. But they're leaning on him more. And this last week, obviously, 18 carries against Miami. I think Carter scored 97 too. yards, yeah. two catches. 
Um, so he got himself, uh, you know, to, to 100 yards on total scrimmage yards. Um, he's up and coming for sure. And uh, I think he, he, you're, you're getting him on the, on the ascent. Well, they've got that. So here's the other thing about the Jets and why I, I'm still hating the fact that I put them on my list for – GTFO. Oh, he had Especially two catches for 100 that's yards. That's just glowing about all yeah, the yeah. So 197 total yards. Yeah. 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 Um, Hunt in a crazy turn has the Jets on the list and has a column just glowing, glowing about, about all their, all their yeah. rookies. But but here I'm thinking I'm watching the Jets Dolphins game Sunday and I'm thinking this this is a, a rookie class not just that's productive. They're at positions where you come into the league and you can be productive. Yeah, you know, corner running and running back, back are yeah. the two spots got, where you can do the most the fast. Just yeah. read, read and react. And these guys are doing that. Uh, the steal of the draft so far for me is Jack Jones, the corner in New England. Back-to-back weeks, his first two starts of his career, he has a pick six against Rodgers last week. He has a great interception where he's, his momentum is going back to the sideline. Skies for the football, uh, interception, heel tap, toe tap. Gets his uh, interception back to back weeks, and uh, overall his to me his his status is is through the roof. And, and that's then, the kind of pick that's or their style. find that they need because they let uh, J C Jackson go yeah. to the Chargers and boom replace and and that. Well, let's go prior prior to that. They let Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler go. They get J C Jackson right, and they're and Malcolm Butler is a guy they found as an undrafted free agent when they found him. They don't do as well on offense and no. their offensive personnel, but defensively they can t- continually churn and find guys, particularly in the secondary. Finally, uh, even when the Jaguars are the Jaguars, like this past week, Devin Lloyd is a star. Um, He's got some speed. I know the emphasis nowadays defensively is not on inside linebacker. You know, he's playing that spot. But speed, he glides sideline to sideline. He leads the team in tackles. He leads the team in interceptions. And he's he's making double-digit stops a game. And read and react, but can also cover a ton of ground. He's fun to watch, even though the Jaguars aren't that good. The, the one thing that I would think would raise the value a little bit of these inside linebackers, so I understand why they're not super valued because of the replaceability factor well, and, two downs. and the frequency. But the ones who can spy so well on yes. the increasing amount of fast quarterbacks who can kill you on the move. Um, and I think I saw him make a play um, against Jalen Hurts where he was doing that. I think that should hike the value of some of these guys a little bit. Um, one more to mention. We have not just the MVP showdown between Mahomes and Allen this week. We get one of my front runners, Jalen Hurts, against, I think, the best defensive player in football, Micah Parsons, where he has a groin issue in the – he strains his groin in the first quarter last week, plays 46 snaps, mainly third down snaps. Final drive has two sacks and a forced fumble. Playing hurt. I mean, the guy is uh, – he's a machine. He's awesome. Now we get hurts against the Dallas defense. This is a – I can't wait to watch that match. Big NFC East battle. Yeah. Those Interesting two. to see his status today off of Cowboys practice. Cooper Rush gets to try to win that starting job one more week, too. Um, we <laughs> continue to take Dak Prescott's yeah. spot. Yeah. Um, when we come back, we'll switch gears, give you the latest headlines on Major League Baseball. React some to last night. And also look ahead tonight where some weather factors are coming into play with Major League Baseball. Headlines with uh, the postseason next on OutKick.
Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Major League Baseball playoffs being affected by the weather. It's across the board, really. Atlanta, don't know when they're going to start. Um, I'm sure Fox would like to know. I'm fine with you that know? game being rained out tonight um, uh, in Atlanta. Let's, let's prolong the season a little bit and, longer, a couple more days. Let's get it out there and play some ball. Get out there. Let's keep it and going. What's, the, what's the latest on the Yankees for tomorrow? Tomorrow is supposed to be awful, awful weather in New York. Which is going to push everything into like a four-day stretch, right? For them, like yeah, every conceivably, day. Conceivably, uh, you know, if it too. went five games, they'd just play straight through. Which uh, you know isn't the most convenient if you're traveling. At least it's a short trip, but uh, not not a great scenario. Which all the more reason that you know that day off and the scheduling is not great. It's easy to say that now, but yeah. today it's nice in New York. So we're delayed, Chad. Uh, Braves, uh, Phillies. And you say it's a must. It's a must win must for the win. Braves. I mean, yeah, you, you can't you can't fall behind 0-2 at home. I mean, crazy things have happened. Must win in a bad matchup. Yes, bad matchup pitching. Well, now Kyle Wright has been terrific. Has really been the Braves' best pitcher most of the year. So it's not that the Braves are throwing some scrub against Zach Wheeler. They've just had very little success a, against Wheeler. Who's, what a storyline though for for the Phillies. And you mentioned this to start the show, but you have the Braves chasing the Mets the entire year. And they would be both out and the Phillies advancing from the division. You know? Yeah, I mean... Of, of the storyline that was the NL East. Well, and I, I think it's just a testament to the NL East and the power at the top of that division. Now, the Nationals and the Marlins are terrible, the bottom of the division, but look at those payrolls we went through yesterday and look at where Philly and the Mets rank. They're both, I think, top four, top five in the league. In terms of biggest payrolls, the Braves are right behind them, but still $50 million less than the Phillies. So, And they're the defending world champions. It, it's a good division at the top with, with a lot of talent. So the Phillies, we talked about earlier, if I'm just pointing – I think it's Yankees-Dodgers. If I'm just saying, who are the two best teams right now? One in each, one in each league, go. Yankees-American League, Dodgers-National League. But if you ask me to pick a team that could be that team that's hot at the right time with the – essential tools with the roster to win it all, it's Philly. What about Houston? By the way, Philly's yet to lose in these playoffs. He's they went 2-0 and in St. Louis. You're down on the Astros, even after last night. Oh, no, I think Houston's got – I mean, they're right there with the Yankees. I'm just giving the Yankees a slight edge over Houston. I love hearing that. If it were Philly's Yankees, my house would just be <laughs> insane. Because it was Philly's Yankees in 2009, right when Simon was born. And, okay. and I declared, my wife did not co-sign, but I declared, the boy will be a fan of the winner of this series. Because I was confident as hell that the Yankees <laughs> would win this series. I, 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 I never slept as much through World Series games as I did then because he was asleep for some of it and I was on nighttime duty. But then the Yankees won and I said, the boy is a fan of the winner of this series. And he actually leans a, bit, a little bit more to the Phillies because his grandparents on that side and his relatives push it more. But uh, if they were in the series this year, I, I don't know if I would declare it again or not. Uh, is Darvish going tonight for the, for the Padres? <clears throat> Let me look that up. I, I'm not sure about the pitching matchup in that one. Uh, because that, that's their one saving grace here. I'm trying to find it. Uh, is if they can get the win back after Lou, was it five three final last five three last night? Dodgers won over over the Padres. That's a fun. It is series Darvish starting. Okay. He's 0-2. Who's going for the Who's going for the Dodgers? Oh, never mind. I'm reading something from a, a past season. Um, 
they're recapping the, the it LA is, Times it is recapping what tonight. Darvish has done in that stadium. Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw tonight. Okay. That's Clayton, not the best postseason be pitcher fun. in history. Um, He's had so some struggles. Here's, uh, here's Darvish back on the mound after pitching well um, in his last outing. And I, I like the lineup for San Diego. I, I love Machado, but aside That's your from guy. that, just the. The moves they made, they've been, you know, chips in the table trying to make moves in the trade deadline. Well, there's, I mean, this is, uh, this is the beauty of baseball right now, this time of year. There's no bad teams left. Like, we can go through every single roster yeah. and give a compelling reason as to why they're going to win this series and then maybe win another series, um, minus maybe Cleveland. A lot of good teams play. <laughs> the whole thing well, makes me fair. so yeah. nervous. A lot of good teams playing good teams uh, this weekend in college football when we come back. We will begin to turn the page on last week, look ahead to the matchups, and we'll ask a big question on the injury front for Bryce Young, K.J. Jefferson, what's going on with Daniels at quarterback in in Kansas, and Will Levis, what's his status this week for Kentucky? We lead with that next, and I'll kick 360.